Good morning, Forest Hill family. We're glad you can join with us today. We know it's not ideal, but we are thankful for social media and how it allows us to connect with each other today on the Lord's Day for worship. I'm here to remind you, don't just watch, but engage in worship. Sing with us, pray with us, read scripture with us. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. He is with us today. He is here to comfort, to save, and to heal. Let's believe God for big things this morning. Stand with us this morning and join Pastor Chad and his team as they lead us in worship. Good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you've come and joined us in your living room, in your home, on your phone, wherever you are. Come with us, sing with us. Let us rejoice together today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no
our God is for us. He will never be against us. Can you just give him praise right now? Come right there where you are, in your own way, in your own words. Just begin to think about his faithfulness in your life. All that he has accomplished, he's so faithful. Worship you, Jesus. You know, the word says that he is a refuge and strength, our very present help in time of trouble. Thank you. We live in uncertain times. We're doing what we're doing right now because these times are so uncertain and every day changes. But I know someone that never changes and his name is Jesus today. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ promises us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has promised us that he will be for us and never against us. And if we'll put our trust in him and keep our eyes on him, we will see victory in every situation of our lives. Come on and give him praise right now. If you believe you are victorious through his blood and his power.
Good morning, Forest Hill family. We're so glad you've chosen to worship with us this morning, and uh, we're honored to be a part of such a great online community here at The Hill. Guys, I want to lead us into a scripture really quick, and uh, maybe this can encourage you this morning. And it's John 16, 31, and it says, Jesus answered to them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because my Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Guys, he has overcome the world and he has this all in control this morning. Pastor Austin is going to lead us into a time of prayer and I just want you to tune in with us. Good morning, Forest Hill family. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for an opportunity to come before you once again this morning and worship you. God, even though we may not be able to meet in our physical building, God, we're thankful the church is not this building, but God, the church is us, your followers and your people. So God, today as we meet in our homes all across this county, God, we pray that you would bless us, that you would bless our people, and that you would meet with them. God, we're thankful that you have truly overcome the world, and that means you have overcome any problem or circumstance we may be facing today. God, you are our peace, you are our comforter, you are our healer, you are our deliverer. So God, the prayer requests that are being dropped in the comment section right now, God, we just agree in prayer that you will be the need meter of every single situation that is there. God, we're thankful for your love and your mercy and your grace. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive the word, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, tune in for Pastor Daniel's message. Good morning, Forest Hill family. I'm so glad you're able to join our online community this morning for our worship service. We know that this is not ideal or the way that we normally like to gather, but I am very thankful that we still get to gather in this way and have a few moments to worship. So glad you could be with us today. Uh, we will continue to pray and do our part to flatten the curve. And by staying home, hopefully we'll all be able to gather back again soon in our sanctuary. I know you're eager for that, as am I. Many of you are joining us today on Facebook Live. If so, and uh, you haven't already done it, I invite you to uh, like this post, hit that little share arrow down at the bottom, and share the post over on your page. And one more thing, tag a few people uh, in the comment section below that you would like to jump on and watch with you. That would be a great way for them to interact with the post as well. Um, if you're using the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or device, if you search for live events there, you will find the Four Still Church of God. And when you pull that up, you'll not only find the text for today's message, you'll also find the notes that go along with the sermon. So you can follow along that way. One more quick bit of housekeeping before we get into the message today. Several of you reached out to me this week asking about the best way to continue to support the church financially. Honestly, the easiest way to do that is going to be our online giving. If you look down in the comment section right now, we're dropping a link, a direct link that will take you to our Engage online giving page. And you can set up a recurring gift or give a one-time gift there, and that would help us. So thanks for asking about that. Uh, be sure to help us today by giving. Uh, you can see all the details there. We've sung together. We have prayed together. We're giving together. Now let's take a few moments and focus our hearts on God's Word together. Turn with me, if you have your Bible, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27 are our text today. It's a very familiar story. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon, and these are words from His lips. These are red-letter words, and so I want you to join along with me in reading them. I'm reading from the NIV today simply because that's the version most of our kids learned this verse from. I wouldn't be surprised if you heard them singing a song later today based on this verse. In fact, Pastor Austin may drop the song in the comments a little bit later, a link where you can find that on YouTube. And uh, I'm sure your kids would have a great time performing the song for you. So kids, that's your assignment today. Teach your parents this Bible verse based on the song that we drop in the comment section. Are you ready? Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Instead of singing it, let's read it together this time. Lift your voice with me there in your home. Let's read God's Word. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the storms rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let's pray together today and ask God to bless our understanding of this passage. Do you pray with me today? Father, we love you and thank you for your word, and I pray now that you would anoint me to share it, and that you would open our hearts to receive it and understand it, and most of all, obey it, and we'll thank you in Jesus' strong name. And everybody said, Amen. When I was a kid, one of my favorite things about Saturday mornings was getting up to watch Saturday morning cartoons. That was the best thing about the weekends. We didn't have a lot of cartoons through the week. We certainly didn't have a cartoon network or a whole station or on-demand cartoons like kids do today. No, we had to wait for Saturday morning. But Saturday morning, they showed them from about 7 in the morning to at least well into the early afternoon. And I loved getting up to watch those cartoons. Some of my favorites were Tiny Toons, The Smurfs, followed by The Snorks, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the original Looney Tunes series, and who can forget a pup named Scooby-Doo. In fact, I want to challenge your parents today to drop in the comment section what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon. In fact, you may could pull a few of those up later today and show your kids uh, a few characters that they've never even met or heard about before. That'd be a fun way to spend the afternoon, wouldn't it? Well, one of the worst things that could happen to a kid on Saturday morning was this thing called the test of the emergency broadcast system. It would come on at the most inopportune time. They wouldn't put it during a commercial. No, it would break in right in the middle of the show. And all of a sudden, you would see this image that were popping up on the screen. You would see this image, and it was just this funny-looking graphic that had colors everywhere, and it said, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. It would not only have this graphic, it would have the most annoying noise behind it. This loud, and it would go on for a full 30 seconds. It didn't seem like 30 seconds. It seemed like forever, and you couldn't wait for it to end. It would always say the same thing. This is a test. This is only a test. Finally, you would get back to your cartoons and life is normal after that jarring test of the EBS. And um, many of us remember that. You haven't lived until you've had your cartoon interrupted by a test like that. Well, you know what? It lasted 30 seconds. It felt like forever. That's sort of how this test that we're in right now feels, doesn't it? This social distancing, not being able to get out and about and be uh, where we want to be or engage in the activities we're used to. It's difficult, isn't it? And it feels a lot longer uh, because we would rather be doing something else. Let's be honest, no one likes a test. No one likes a test. We don't like medical tests. We don't like tests at school. And we don't like it when people test our patients, do we? In the passage that we just read, Jesus talks about two men who encountered a test, a great storm that came upon their lives. And it tested them and showed what they were really made of. I want you to notice the truth about testing in the passage that we're looking at today. And I want you to notice with me, number one, what was the same? Say that with me. What was the same? That's the first question. When you read these verses, Jesus is very deliberate to say everything the same both times. Number one, they had the same opportunity. Jesus said both times, everyone who hears these words of mine... He says it about both characters in the story. Everyone who hears these words of mine, both men heard the same message. Both sat through the same sermon. They received exactly the same instructions. They were the same. Their opportunity was the same. Some of us have a child like that, right? They sit in the same room. They hear the same words as everyone else, but somehow they don't seem to walk away with the same information as everybody else. How many times have you had a child come home from school to leave a book or not have all the details about an assignment? And when you ask them about it, they say, well, the teacher didn't tell me. But funny how all the other kids in the same room seem to know all the information about that same assignment. Well, some of us this week are experiencing what it's like to sit behind that teacher's desk, aren't we? And we are seeing our students interact with us. And we're getting a little bit of a taste for that. Maybe we'll appreciate our teachers more after this week. Well, here's the point. God's instructions are not hidden from us. We all have heard the same message. We've all received the same set of instructions. We have God's Word. 
we have the Bible. We have the message of Jesus. And it is available to each of us. Right now, here in God's Word, uh, we have the message. And our city is filled with faithful pastors and teachers who will help us understand and unpack that message if we will let them and reach out to them. We may not share the same opportunities in every area of life today. There may be many areas of life in which there is great inequality, but this is not one of them. We can all hear and apply the life-changing message of Jesus to our lives today if we will just choose to do so. They had the same opportunity. Secondly, they faced the same storm. Say the same storm. In both cases, Jesus said about both houses these words, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. It didn't matter which person built it. It didn't matter which foundation it was on. The same storm came to both houses. That's how it is for us right now, right? No matter who you are, what your social class or economic status, no matter your ethnicity or your religious background, we all find ourselves in the same storm right now, uh, home watching this video. Being a follower of Jesus does not exempt us from trials or the tests of life. As the hymn writer Isaac Watts said in our favorite hymn that we like to sing, through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. There are lots of toils and snares and dangers and trials in our world. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. A few verses earlier in this very sermon, Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 that His Father causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and He sends His rain on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. So whether uh, you are a person of faith or not, whether you are a Christ follower or not, we all experience some sunshine and we all get some rain. We all have good and bad things that come our way in life. We're not exempt from these. Even now, no matter who you are or what condition you're in, you may still be facing the same circumstances as your neighbors. You may have been sent home from work. You may have a relative or co-worker who tested positive for the virus. Maybe you were sent home from college midway through the semester. In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, uh, the Bible says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Trials. That's an interesting word for it. The word trial can be a test or it can be a temptation. It can be either one. Pastor, what's the difference between a test and a temptation? Well, a test is when God's trying to bring out the best in you. A, a, a temptation is when the devil is trying to bring out the worst in you. And so uh, the difference between a test and a temptation could be the author. Is it coming from God or is it coming from the enemy? I have a sneaky suspicion, though, that the difference between a test and a temptation is not the source. It's the outcome. Did you pass it or did you fail it? Did it bring out the good in you or did it bring out something bad in you? Did it reveal that you were ready or that you were unprepared for the moment? I think the outcome has a lot to do. Did we pass or fail? Was it a test or a temptation? A trial can be either one. Well, Jesus is very clear. Unlike many areas of life where there's great inequality, He reminds us when it comes to our spiritual lives, we all have the same opportunity. And we all face the same storms. These things are the same. Say the same. We all have the chance to hear and apply the message of Jesus. And whether we do or not will be revealed by the circumstances of life or the storms that everyone has to face. So that's the first question. What was the same? Now the second question is, what was the difference? Will you say that with me? What was the difference? Now bump your neighbor on the couch and make sure they're paying attention, okay? It's all right. You have permission. Nudge them real quick. All right, are you ready? Let's track together. The difference. Both of these men heard the same sermon and faced the same storm but there were some major differences between these two characters. The first difference was their character. The character of each man was very different. Jesus uses two different adjectives to describe these two builders. One was a wise man and one was a foolish man. These are the terms that Jesus uses. Right off the bat, he talks about their character. If you know anything about the Old Testament and you hear the word fool or foolish, your mind probably goes to one book. What is it? 
If you're guessing with me, you probably guessed the book of Proverbs, and you would be right. Proverbs is the book of wisdom, and it talks a lot about being wise or being foolish and the difference. The word foolish in the Bible doesn't just mean someone who's lacking in common sense. That's the way we use the term today. But in the Bible, being foolish is a moral term. It's not just about if you make uh, good common sense judgments or not. It's about whether or not you regard God and His Word in your life. In the Bible, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. A fool is someone who, in spite of all evidence to the contrary, chooses to live life as if there is no God. They choose to behave as if God's moral law does not exist. They insist, like Adam and Eve, on being the final decision maker about what is right and wrong, good and bad for them. They think they have the right to determine all these things apart from God just based on their own preferences and judgments. Maybe that sounds like you today. Well, if it is, let me warn you that the Bible says if we live our lives ignoring or defying God's principles, we've chosen the way of the fool. And that's a very scary thing, as this passage reveals. This is what Jesus refers to in the story as the foundation of each man's house. Those who don't apply the words of Jesus are building their lives on the sand. Those who take to heart the message of Jesus, those who obey His Word and apply His teaching to all areas of life, they're building their lives on the rock. In fact, the Bible is clear that Jesus is that rock. His truth is the rock upon which we build our lives. So their character was very different. Say their character. And then secondly, their actions were very different. Say their actions. Not only was their internal character different, their outward actions were different. According to Jesus, this is the fundamental way you tell a wise man from a foolish man. A wise person is someone who hears and obeys or puts into practice the teaching of Jesus. A foolish man is someone who may know better, but they don't do better. It's not just about how much of God's Word we know, it's how much of God's Word we apply. That is the difference between a wise and a foolish builder. So their actions were different. Their character was different. But thirdly, their outcomes were different. Say that with me. Their outcomes were different. The end of the story for the two builders couldn't be further apart. One house stands firm in the midst of the storm. The other house falls flat, the Bible says. And in fact, it goes on to say, "...and great was its fall." It fell with a huge crash. The wise man's house stands firm. The foolish man's house falls flat. Sooner or later, the storms of life come crashing in on us and reveal the truth about our lives. That's the reality. Well, we've talked about the differences. We've talked about what was the same. Let's talk about what is the takeaway. What is the bottom line that Jesus wants us to walk away understanding from this passage? Well, here's the thing about a test. A test really doesn't change the facts it just reveals the facts. The test doesn't put, put anything into you. The test just reveals what's already there. The test shows you whether you were prepared or not. It's like a spelling test at school. It doesn't change what you know. It just reveals what you know or often what you didn't know, right? The race doesn't change your speed as a runner. It just reveals how fast or not so fast you might be compared to others. The big game on Friday doesn't put anything into the team. It just reveals whether the team was as good as they thought they were or not. The test is sort of like a strong cup of coffee. We had a friend, a member here at the Hill, that used to say when someone would brew a really strong pot of coffee here and pour it up, somebody would take a sip and say, man, that's strong coffee. That coffee's too strong. And he would always reply back with these words, there's no such thing as strong coffee, just weak men. Let me ask you today, what does the cup of coffee you've been handed reveal about you right now? Is life showing us the truth about ourselves? Is the storm revealing something about us? That's the question. In the story, Jesus told the storm revealed the quality of each man's building. In the circumstances we're in now, the corona epidemic is revealing some things to us about our own lives, our own character, our own walk with God. Here on the Gulf Coast, we're used to dealing with storms, physical ones, hurricanes to be exact. 
And oftentimes the strong hurricane will reveal the workmanship of our buildings. There have been times that we've even changed building codes because a storm like Frederick or Katrina would show us that our buildings were not prepared to stand in the face of real life storms. You may be facing a storm today. You may be finding out some things about your life. Number one, about your finances. Maybe you see how dangerous your debt load is or how much you've been spending on eating out or entertainment that you really couldn't afford. Perhaps you've been made aware of how little you had tucked back in savings for a rainy day. Maybe you've had to face the fact that your current job is not as reliable as you thought it was. Maybe you're revealing, the storm is revealing the truth about not only your finances but your family. How's your family making it through all this together time? That's a great question, isn't it? How are you doing? Uh, they're together all the time, right? Maybe the test has exposed some issues at home. Do you have some communication issues to work through? Are you maybe a little bit more self-centered of a person than you thought you were before all these other people showed up in your space? Are you moody or easily angered? Should we ask the people sitting around you that question? Don't look at your neighbor, just look straight at the television, look straight at me, you'll be okay. Have you noticed that your attitude sets the tone and temperature for others to respond to in your family? Maybe the storm's revealing something about your finances or your family or finally about your faith. Maybe today this season has revealed how little you actually know about the Bible as you've tried to read it or maybe lead your family in reading it. Maybe the storm's revealed how little you pray or that you don't really know a lot about prayer or seem to feel connected when you pray. Maybe your kids are asking questions you've never had to answer before about spiritual things. Maybe you're realizing how deeply you depend on your job, your employer, or your savings account to get through tough times. And you're honestly wondering whether or not you really depend on God at all. Maybe the storm is revealing that. Maybe you can't seem to get a grip on your anxiety about this pandemic. Let's be honest. Maybe you're afraid of getting sick. Maybe you're afraid of facing the possibility of your own death. Let this passage speak to you today. Here's the truth. The storm didn't do this to you. The corona outbreak didn't do this to you. The test just reveals what was already there and what was already true. The story that Jesus leaves us with today offers two great questions for us to plug through. Number one, what's your base? And number two, how's your building? What do you mean, Pastor? Well, number one, what is your base? What is your life built upon? What's the basis or the foundation of your life? You know, the tallest building in the world currently is the Burj Khalifa. It stands over 236,000 feet in the air. But for being so tall, you would think, well, uh, that's, that's impressive. But what's even more impressive is not only how tall it is, but how deep the footings go. For a building to stand that tall, it has to have a deep foundation in the ground. They have to drill all the way down to the bedrock. And 190-something pilings are resting 164 feet deep in the ground in order for that structure to maintain and stand upright in the 100-mile-an-hour winds that whip around the top of it on a regular basis. What's the point? Well, the point is if you want to build tall, you've got to dig deep. And if your life is going to make it through the storms that come our way, you're going to have to have your foundation on the bedrock of Christ Jesus. Your life's going to have to be built on Him. How is your base today? Are you like the foolish man, ignoring God's Word, pushing God to the margins of your life, trying to uh, think as little as possible about spiritual things? Is your life just built on you, your effort or ability, your street smarts or hopes and dreams? Is all your focus on the here and now? Are you making preparation for time but not making any preparation for eternity? Did you know the only time in the entire Bible that God ever calls anyone a fool directly is the man in the story of Jesus who prepared for this life, but he made, he made no preparation for the next life. Jesus says to that man, You fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. And then who will all this belong to? That is a sobering reality. Is your life built on yourself or is it built on Jesus? Are you prepared for time? Are you also prepared for eternity? What is your base? But then secondly, how is your building? Because again, it's not what we know, it's what we do. It's not about knowing better, but doing better. You may have been raised in church and know all the stories. You may can quote all the verses and sing along with the songs. But are you applying God's Word to life? 
Are you living according to God's principles, obeying the commands of Jesus? That's the real question. Jesus warns us that those who simply call Him Lord and Master but don't do what He commands will hear those fateful words at the end, Depart from me, I never knew you. Jesus acknowledges those who hear and obey. Those are really the ones who trust Him, believe in Him, and follow Him as Lord. We're all facing a great trial right now. Will you allow the Lord to use the test to show you your own heart, to reveal the truth about your walk with Him? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Do you just hear God's Word or do you put it into practice and obey it? Is your life all about you? Are you trusting in your own cleverness or ability or resourcefulness to get you through? Are you making preparations for this life but not for the next? Are you prepared not only for time but eternity? Are you prepared to face the hour of your own death knowing that the same Lord who keeps you here will keep you in that hour and bring you safely home to be with Him? Only Jesus can prepare you for that moment. And this moment reveals a lot about that moment. Are you ready? I want to urge you to pray with me today. If you're not ready, if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, you can do that this morning. Right where you're sitting, uh, right in the privacy of your home, you can invite the Lord Jesus to come into your life. And you can make Him the basis or the foundation of everything going forward. Would you pray with me today? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. And I pray that today, Your Word has spoken to and revealed the truth about someone's heart today. Lord, I pray if there's anyone watching today who does not have a relationship with Christ, that today would be the day that they admit their deficiency, that they come clean before God and say, Lord, I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. I have lived my life pushing you to the margins and ignoring your commands. But Lord, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. And Lord, I believe that when Jesus died and rose again, He did that for me. His death paid the price for my sin. And His resurrection means that I could start a new life just like His new life when He came out of the grave. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Free me from my sin. Forgive me from my past and give me that new life. And Lord, I commit my life to You. And I'll follow you with all the grace and help you give me as you show me how from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you would like someone to pray with you, I urge you to call the number right now. It's on the screen. We'll drop it in the comment section. A pastor on call would love to pray with you. The number is 251-345-1700. 251-345-1700. You can find a pastor there all afternoon who would pray with you about your walk with God. Friends, I want to say thank you today for joining us for this online gathering of the Forest Hill Church of God. Our media pastor here at the Hill, John Vella, will be coming on in just a second to share with you about how you can support our ministry and stay connected with us across all our different social media offerings. Don't forget to share your pictures with us of how you're worshiping at home and what you're doing to serve your neighbors this week. Let's be faithful to check on one another and love our neighbors during this time. I want to remind you to be on the lookout for how your groups are meeting online. It may be a Facebook Live group, a Zoom call, maybe a group chat, or some other way. But be sure to stay connected. And if you would like to connect with one of our groups at the Hill, give us a direct message there on Facebook. Call that number I mentioned. We can get you connected with a great community of spirit-filled believers here at Forest Hill. God bless you. Receive this blessing from the Lord before you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and grant you His peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. and We hope you were blessed by today's message. And thank you again for your continued faithful giving. Don't forget our available options how you can give. Our website, www.forcehillcog.org. Also, text to give is available by simply texting the number. Or you can mail your tithing and offering to our church campus. Our social media platforms are up and running also. Our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching Forest Hill COG. Thanks again for worshiping with us today.